Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hello, I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. (laughs) 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 Uh, um, Enough comedy, uh, this is a serious podcast. (laughs) This is is serious business. Uh, We're going to get down to designing serious games. They're going to make you cry. They're going to make you uh, feel bad about yourself. Guilt. Guilt is a big one. Sorrow. Mourning. And then feel incredibly horny just to wrap it all up. Horny, yeah, because that's a, that's also a serious business. All right. Uh, we're going to play Click Pitch. This is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we will click refresh, get a new word Put them next to each other. That makes sort of a sentence fragment sort of thing. A phrase, maybe. I don't know. And uh, we're going to make a game design out of that sentence fragment. We will put other sentences together. That's how talking works. So, three, two, one, click. And oozing. Oh, sending. Now, now I've just got this. This oozing. There's this mail order sort of center that you can order out to to get this um, ooze sent out to you. Um, I'm I'm thinking it's kind of like you know how in uh, Space Quest Two that you could get the um get the um <laughs> the Terror Beast mating whistle by mail order. Well, this one yes. you get the you get like the uh, Terror Beast ooze by mail order mail order by mail order mail uh- order. <laughs> Okay, mail order ooze. Yep. Uh, what is the purpose of the ooze? Um, well, it's a secret. Yeah. It's the secret of the ooze? Yeah, that's what I was going for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TMNT 2? 3? I don't know. Two. One of them. 2. The two movie 2. Yep. Uh, it could be, yeah, I mean, this could be, or they call it mut- mutagen or something. Uh-huh. Um, some sort of mutagenic ooze. So is this are we is this like the kickoff to a narrative game that uh do is do, has your character ordered it has it is that is it mistakenly being delivered to your house I I think yeah it's it's been mistakenly delivered to your house and mm-hmm. sort of like you have a couple of hijinks with it um I think that it like mutates like the toaster to become um sentient and all this sort of stuff so basically it it turns anything that it comes in contact with um sentient and then okay. you flush it down the toilet, and that's when, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles start after that. Oh, you're saying this is- we're literally licensed- like, this is going to be a licensed team in team. It, it, it's game, not going to be licensed, it's just going to be hinted at. Right. When there's it's a like rat the Easter turtles. egg. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, later on, you sort of see- or throughout the game, you know- you see the turtles, and they then a bit later they're larger, and then a bit later they're teenagers, and they kick your ass- no, I don't think that blatant. I, th- I think it's just literally it lands <laughs> yeah. in the, the ooze lands in the toilet, and you see a, a rat and four turtles turn up, and that's where it just cuts. And you go, "Oh, that's what they were getting at." Yeah. So, what's the rest of the game? Uh, the rest of the game is basically like a tower defense game against all the all the sentient um, microwave and everything else. Okay. Um, all right, tower defense game against kitchen and house appliances. Yeah. I could, 
I can handle that. So, what uh, are your towers then? Are your towers themselves it, like mutated things that you've sort of uh, used for your benefit somehow? Um, well, I think it starts off as a pillow and blanket fort, but then it turns into um, like a sentient pillow and blanket fort. That um, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I I kind of like the idea that it's you know there's certain things that don't get don't get converted, but um, there's other things that that do, and it's just sort of like a roll of the dice as to whether something gets converted or not. All right, so. I'm. I like the idea of the blanket fort and pillow fort. You know, being able to use that as to sort of create walls, create blockages to to guide these uh, the creeps is, I think, the terminology generally used mm-hmm. uh, around the room. I'm kind of thinking of this as not not the standard just pure top down tower defense, but a bit more of a a free camera 3D kind of thing. Okay, cool. I like that. Um, so because then you get the real sense of the living room and, uh, you know, that I can set up some pillows here, but I need to be able to support them with a blanket connected to this. Hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to put like this broom contraption here and, and throw some muted, mutagenic ooze on it. And hopefully that's going to, you know, bring it to life to attack the fucking iron that's coming down the way slowly. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just thinking that. Um, I think it's actually electronics that are evil. Okay. So it's just like electronics. So, so anything electronic is evil, and anything not, you can sort of bring to life in a in a um, bene- benevolent way. Yeah. To your for your use. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So you kind of got to create these interesting. This dynamic of yeah. So you got like not like cutlery cannons. I'm trying to think what sort of towers you then get to create. Um, I do like the broom one that kind of just swishes around in a circle and will push them back the way they came. Yep. So your other towers have got a bit more, you know, basically a slowing mechanic. You got a mop and bucket that the mop will dip itself in like the dirty water and then just swirl itself around and sort of just you know try just to spray out and spray you know, the like um, spray electronics with um with yeah. dodgy water. Yeah. Yeah, which you know they they short circuit for a little while, yeah, um, until they manage to shake themselves free of that. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can imagine the sort of standard tower defense mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is the is the main kind of novel thing we're doing the theme here? Then do we want to think about adding any you know uh, unusual tower defense mechanics? Is this is this a ta- is this one of those tower defense games where you have a character that is running around, or is it a a more omniscient uh, uh, player. Okay, so I think that um, each level, like, in the game is actually a different apartment. So you okay. don't just play the one protagonist, you play, like, a, yep. a group of different pr- protagonists. Yep. And basically, the, fir- the first one that you're sort of playing is, you know, a guy who's who's been you know, shunning all electronics and all this sort of stuff. And so there's only like the, <laughs> the, the single like 1970s toaster that he's got. And then right. by the time that you get to, um, by the time you get to the guy on, you know, uh, the last apartment on level four, he's, he's got like, he's like a super millennial. Yeah. And got all the like devices, heaps of TVs and the entire house is like automated sort of thing. <laughs> 
So what are we going to use for, because most people only have a single, you know, microwave or, or toaster or whatever, uh, but generally these tower, def- tower defense games sort of have a fair number of, of creeps that come through and, and then maybe you get kind of a boss one or something. Mm-hmm. Are we just, are we just not, are we just ignoring that and it's just you get a bunch of microwaves or are we, um, can we come up with something a bit different there? Batteries? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you've got batteries that are like the, the smaller, like peon sort of thing that just sort of throw themselves at at different things. Then yep. you got the remote controls that Oh yeah, remote controls. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what people have a lot of in a house uh, around electronics like I'm looking around my house and I've like I've got like seven bloody controllers around me. Phone right chargers. Oh yeah, phone chargers that are that are literally like swinging the cables as whips. Yeah. <laughs> just general USB like Little thumbsticks and uh, yep. old phones. I mean, everyone everyone's got you know six old obsolete phones hanging around. So, oh yeah, yeah. I guess we can probably find enough enough fodder there, enough cannon fodder, and then yeah, you get the big boss, which is like the fridge or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I reckon that that could definitely be a um a cool idea, and then yeah, look- a, a definite progression is is basically. Um, you know, goes through this. Um, goes through this. Through this single apartment. Through this building. single apartment building. Yeah, look, you could have little interstitial kind of story bits, even to to sort of connect them up, and and maybe each character has their own little special powers or something, or like different special moves. Yeah, that could be really cool. I like it. Yeah, a good sort of kid friendly one too. Yeah, no blood and guts. Except except for when you when you get to the um. When you get to all the dildos and vibrators, well, the yeah, the good dildos versus the bad vibrators. <laughs> That's a bonus level. It's the bonus level. All right, three, two, one, click. <laughs> Relationship, magnificence. Ooh, the magnificence of relationships. So when I when I read this word magnificence, I, I immediately started thinking of like this female magician and her helper boyfriend. Okay. Um just, just picturing Millie No, Millie's a terrible name for a magician. Margaret. Ma- Ma- I've got to get Ma- Maggie. Maggie the Maggie magnificent. the Magnificent. Yeah, that's good. Yep. And her Um her, her, uh, what do you call it? Her assistant. Because I like alliteration, what? Michael. <laughs> Michael and Maggie. Michael. Maggie and Maggie. Michael. Maggie and Michael. Okay. Maggie the Magnificent and her mouldy assistant. <laughs> her minor assistant, Michael. So there's something that I've always wanted to see in a um in an adventure game. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really leaning into this whole thing that you said last week about mechanics. So, the uh-huh. mechanics that I'm seeing in this is rather than, like, inventory puzzles and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you've got different magic tricks that you can do to basically solve your puzzles. Mm. So, the whole thing's around dialogue puzzles and, like, some sort of sleight of hand or... or yep. Something to, something to do with um, magic tricks, and basically, as you go, you you can add additional magic tricks as you, you get more props and, and that sort of stuff too. I like this, uh, yeah. So almost along the lines 
of Loom, which we discussed on our Platforms and Pitfalls episode, where it was all kind of these these musical pieces of music that did that basically did magic. But in this case, it's it's obviously mundane magic. It's it's um, sleight of hand and it's card tricks and it's uh, yeah distraction and that sort of thing. But but yeah, those are literally your verbs. Yep, I like it. I mean, because we we I, I don't think that our our listeners would um disagree that adventure games are our favourite subject I matter. Think that is and clear. Mm-hmm. I would just like to really see magicians, which I also quite like, um, to be in the forefront of of an adventure game in which you are performing the magic. Yeah, yeah. So a few things I like about this that could be interesting. Uh, obviously, unlocking new tricks as you go. You kind of get uh, a, a bunch of verbs up your sleeve, as it were, uh, at, at different times. Um, and maybe uh, you probably don't want to overwhelm the player, so you don't want a ton. But, you know, you could end up with 10 or something, right? Let, let's think of some puzzles and how they would play out by utilizing these tricks. Uh, f- well, firstly, how do you... How do we present these tricks to the player? Are there icons? Are there are there names of the tricks? Um, do, do, are, do they are they special like like the magicians' names? You know, where you, you do the um, uh, the the Toby shuffle or something, and that's a particular like I don't know um, <laughs> sleight I, of hand move. I kind of like if this was say a um, think of it like a Sam and Max style. Um, inventory system in in that you you go into an inventory and you can see yep. at the top like there's all these different icons, but if you hover over them it tells you what the trick is. Well, let's come up with some of the tricks. So there'd be some sort of like palming, you know, palm yep. something. Uh, you can palm. Uh, or, you can or present something like, or then make something reappear. Yep. So you can disappear an object. You can reappear an object. Yep. You can like palm a key. You can distract to to you know um, basically steal steal something away. So it's basically a distraction of yeah. Well, I think that's the combination of them as well, right? Like maybe you've got flash paper. Like you've got a move that's just push, like fire out of this hand, and yep. you have to in quick succession select that and then select the like palm something small trick. And then, then and you've then you've yeah, got you the like produce dove from from thin air. You've got um, produce flowers. You've got. <laughs> well, I think I think I think there's just a uh, flare, like some sort of flare move, which could be flowers. It could be a dove. It could be flash paper. It's a distraction, right? Yeah. And I think they can almost be random or just whatever the puzzle is. Like something appropriate comes out. I, I think the palming and then reproducing something is is. Basically, your inventory, except you're not selecting any specific thing from your inventory. And I don't even know if we show things that you've palmed. And maybe you can only have one at a time or, or, or maybe you can have a lot of time, a lot of, as many as you want, but it's just whatever the context of the trick is. If you're then at the right place, use reproduce something, you just, yep. you get the right thing. That could be cool. Um, I kind of want a, a three card Monty sort of trick that you can do and in, in that you're, you're sort of talking to the guards and then they're like, oh, yeah, show us a trick. So you pull out, like, your three-card Monty sort of thing. You, you're confusing confusing the um, the security guards while Michael's off doing, uh, like, 
stealing something or or right. helping someone escape or something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I guess it depends on how uh, how much we want the player to kind of almost create these tricks themselves in that even a three-card Monty, obviously there's a factor of moving the cards around a lot and stuff, but a lot of that is just palming something and reproducing it, right, um, to sort of shift it between, yep. you know, between cups or whatever. Uh, do we, like, literally make the player have to sort of be aware of where- uh, where the uh, the guards are looking or something, or just almost a timing based one. Then, where you're sort of seeing the uh, the cups move, and you have an opportunity to to hit that trick at the right time, and you're going to palm it. Um, yeah, I think this is where you could have like those quick time events that you know sort of have uh, like the outer circle coming in, and you're hitting it at the right time to to basically, if you hit these these triggers at the right time. You get the trick done perfectly, and if you slightly miss, then you've, you know, there's a chance that you can actually give it to, uh, like, give the trick away. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think it's even- So, yeah, you've got the timing circles or some or, or, or some sort of timing thing, but you also have to hit the right trick, right? And maybe you'd give them a simplified in- interface so they're still just hitting a, um, a specific button, but it's like, as the cup moves this way, you've got a- you've got that that's where your timing comes in, but you can either palm something from that cup or p- put something in the, in that cup, right? Um, and it's sort of up to the player then. Like, literally, they could put two balls in there if they wanted. <laughs> yeah. Or three, one in each cup or, you know, and it's just- Then then you sort of got that element of the the of giving the player something, some agency over what they're doing. Um, I think that could be really cool. Okay. So, what is the reason- as to why Maggie the Magnificent and her mundane assistant Michael can a- a- are actually in this adventure game. I mean, are they just trying to make it big? Is this just them trying to, like, get a show on the big stage in um, uh, Geelong, the Vegas of Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like it could just be a, a, a fame, fame and fortune sort of thing. Yep. Uh, I, I guess what sort of challenges do they then face? Um, so I think one of one of their major tricks gets confiscated because uh, I'm saying that there's a rivalry with like another magician mm-hmm. who basically doesn't like this, um, doesn't like Maggie and her and her partner, Vladimir the. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can go with that. Um, okay. It was that uh, Vlabulous, as in with a V? Yeah, va- Vabulous. Like Fabulous, but Vabulous. Uh, because he just really liked the alliteration and couldn't come up with anything else. Uh, so, so Vlad there, um, does he have an assistant? Maybe he, no, he's not likable enough to have an assistant. He's just got like an animal or something. Well, I can sort of, I can sort of see that, um, Maggie used to be his assistant, but, um, because she was doing all the, all the work and he just, he did nothing. Like she was creating tricks and all this sort of stuff. Like yep. she decided to go try and make it big herself. Yep. That makes sense. Get out of the shadow, and he doesn't like that, so he basically has organised for um, something to have occurred at her last show, 
mm-hmm. and the police have now confiscated her um her equipment. All right, so I like the idea then that the prologue is is sort of the the that show, like the lead up to that show. You know, there's maybe some discussion with Vlad um, to introduce that character in that relationship, uh, and the and sort of maybe a rehearsal or something to to um, introduce the mechanics to the player, and then yeah, like the you you start the show and something happens. It's like does an audience member get hurt or something? Like yeah, what's but the- I, I think the audience <laughs> member is a plant by Vlad, so basically okay, yeah. He's- so it's not it's not that something went wrong with the trick. It's that the, the um, this this person this audience member injury purposely made made mistakes to make her look bad. That yeah. um, ended up getting someone really really hurt. Yeah. Okay. And so cool. the police have sort of blamed her, but we know that it's actually Vlad's plant, or we mm-hmm. find out that it's um. That Vlad is involved when we find out that, you know, this audience member is actually not hurt whatsoever. And Yeah, we can have a scene at the end of that prologue, basically, or the first, or whether it's the first act or just the, you know, yeah, the, the beginning. But where yeah, you, you then overhear or catch them discussing it um, yep. and, and kind of get wind of, of what happened. And that sets the scene for the rest of the game for you. Yeah, basically, like, getting that trick back because that's sort of, you know, that that's your key because it, it's a trick you've been working on for years and nobody else can do it or has done it. Yep. And 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 managing to kind of clear your name and, and, and perform it in front of the right people to get the gigs that you want. Yeah, and also like clear, clear your name at the same time. Yeah. So, all right, uh, that's a really good setup. Yep. Uh, I'd like to think of a few more of the tricks- and how they'd work as mechanics, because I think that's what's also obviously really interesting about this game, particularly if we are able to sort of keep it fairly simplified in that the tricks are fairly simple, but combining them makes it feel like as a player you're actually creating tricks. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got the sort of the distraction, the the palming and reappearing um, items. Uh, what else? What else do magicians do? <laughs> to kind of construct their tricks. Something with mirrors, maybe? Like utilize a mirror in a in a way to to hide something. Yeah. Um uh, there's there's mirrors, there's basically I've been watching a bit of um Penn and Teller for us. So yep. sort of just looking looking back to what they sort of see a lot of a lot of magicians doing. And mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of the time, it's sort of like gimmicked props and that sort of stuff. That um, yeah, yeah, it's true. Like so much of it is just basic sleight of hand, like palming something or or, or or making it seem like you're doing something when you're not. Yep. That maybe we will find it a little bit difficult there, but uh, I mean, we could probably have a few that are a bit more complex, where it's like pretend to destroy something when you don't actually destroy it. Yep. You know, uh, drop drop the wristwatch into into your lap so that you can break up, you know, a fake watch with um with a mallet, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Somehow doing a like a force, like you you make make somebody think they they have a choice of something, but you're actually subtly 
or, or, or somehow making it so that they actually only have a single choice. And that could be useful in, you know, in dialogue puzzles or, yeah, like just choosing when to use that in, in a branching tree or a, or, or just in the right context it, it, to solve a puzzle is I need to, you know, make this person think they've chosen something when I've actually chosen it for them. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be some challenges. There'd be yeah. some challenges in writing the puzzles, but uh, I really, I really like the idea in general. I, I think this is where you'd actually need to get a um, a magician to come along, and- or you'd at least need to do your research. Yeah, and yeah, and think about it a bit. But uh- think of the story and and what you could actually do uh, with it. I I do like the idea of. Sort of like the the battles in the game are are actually you know battles of wits, you know, magic versus yeah. skeptics sort of thing, or just other magicians as well, like having to out, like having to fool them, right? Yeah, they're your hardest, they're your hardest uh, opponents because they know all the tricks. Um, but maybe you sort of manage to to make to come up with some some different ones that. And look in the in the fiction of the game, we can obviously. Easily just say, well, she learned this other thing <laughs> that nobody knows about. She invented it. That's cool. Yep. I'd play that. I kind of want to write it, but uh, we don't have time. So, three, two, one, click. Videotape. Competition. <laughs> so, you've just totally, totally ruined my idea. Okay. Which was going to be based off the ring. So, I can't do that anymore because why would there be a competition? Um, it could be. <laughs> Maybe it is a horror movie where, like The Ring, if you watch this thing, you will you will die after a certain- Maybe it's a cross between The Ring and, like, Final Destination. And there are these people- There's, like, a, a, a group of people where the, the most extreme sport is to watch this video and then see how long you live for. Yeah, but now I've got a new idea, so that's okay. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, if you remember the PS3 game Pain. Yes. So We've brought it up on this show before. We have actually. brought it up on this show before. I like the idea that, you know, you sort of ragdoll and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think the game that we brought it up was for that we shoot maids out and they clean, they clean stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, in this one, you're basically in a um, America's Funniest Home Video Maker sort of thing <laughs> okay. in which you can set up like a scene and basically it's almost like an incredible machine thing with rag yep. dolls um, yep. where, you know, you can, you know, kick balls into people's heads and all that sort of stuff. And it's all about, it's not necessarily about the competition side of things, but, you know, it's sort of framed in, in that sort of thing. And your whole idea is no, I, that you- I like it being, I, maybe this is, yeah, this is a person who has made their living making- like winning prizes on America's or Australia's funniest home videos, and so I'm I'm almost picturing. Do you remember that old Lionhead game, The Movies? Yes, I'm almost picturing something like that where you are crafting this funniest home video. Yeah, but to but the best what like so you can hire actors. You can just like pay your buddy five bucks to fall down a flight of stairs. But he knew it was coming. It's not going to- Like, the quality of that video is not going to be high. Where you start getting into the real uh, high-quality videos is where you engineer a situation for someone to get hurt, probably. <laughs> oh, God. Without 
them knowing it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and part of the gameplay is setting up the camera, like being ready with the camera and framing it and and making sure that, you know, that the, that the video is produced well enough. Um, so now I'm just picturing that this is like a more tame version of Manhunt, if you remember uh-huh. that game, where basically kind of. you you went around and you- you pretty much killed people, but in this case, you're you're sort of sort of setting traps for people to to seriously hurt themselves. But you're setting the trap and then going and finding a good position to. Yeah, kind of. I'm also picturing it a bit like Hitman, where uh, you, you've just got these different people, and to really effectively do a, do a trick, you kind of need to know their routines a bit and know maybe where they're going to be heading or what they're going to do, and and some uh, some. Traps might take a little while to set up and that sort of thing, or you don't want to be seen doing it. You know, there's a stealth aspect then as well. Yep. Uh, and then you can either, you can either, you can also either like set up a stationary hidden camera or because if they see you filming it, you're going to be in trouble too. So I, th- I think you also have another, another part to the game that you can, you can uh, partake it if you like, which mm-hmm. is the funny sound effects. So, someone slips yes. down the stairs yes. and then you can put those funny sound effects in. Yeah, then you get to play the part of the of Funny the producer. Videos yep. producer. <laughs> well, yeah, and we can totally have, like- Well, why, why couldn't full- it be that this guy is the funniest home videos producer and it turns out that <laughs> they, um, for years they for- haven't actually been getting any- um, any real home yeah. videos, he's just been producing um, all the best ones. <laughs> so you, all that JVC equipment that goes out to all these people, he opens up like this covered JVC. door and he's got all this JVC equipment. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I was just thinking like if we set it in modern day, it's like the rise of YouTube and, and, and you know, easy video sharing has killed funny some videos. And so nobody's sending them in anymore. But yep. to- keep the show going because it's still one of the highest rated shows because people like seeing people get hurt <laughs> yeah like this is what this person has had to do to keep it going yeah i like that i like that a lot yeah this, uh, the stealth aspects the trap setting the hitman kind of the creepiness of there. of all the baby videos in which they're they're like you know spitting up and all that sort of stuff and it's like oh well, I love, yeah, I love the idea that it's not just, cause it, cause it wouldn't necessarily just like having someone hurt themselves. Obviously, that's an easy way to set something up, but there are other kind of, maybe there's just sort of random events that happen as well. Like it's a bit of an open world or an open level kind of, kind of thing. And yes, you can set up the traps, but you can also, if you're lucky, capture just funny things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is, you know, a baby, you know, putting their face into a cake or <laughs> a dog <laughs> running around in circles and, 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 you know, popping a balloon or whatever, you know, there's <laughs> all the, all the classics. Yeah. Um, cats stalking babies. That's always fun. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I like the idea that there are some of those just going on. And if you're observant enough, you'll sort of see. The setup for them and know, oh shit, something's about to happen that I should be capturing. Yeah. And get your camera out. Uh, and with those, it's less important to, that you're not seen because you're not doing anything wrong yourself. So what so sort you can of kind of just capture it? I'm, I'm thinking this is like the early to mid 2000s. So it's just as YouTube is taking off. Yeah. Okay. 
and and I see this. So you thinking people don't have like smartphones aren't widespread as so widespread. Still, people are but, with camcorders. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's still all about the JVC ha- handy cam. <laughs> Are we spo- we're going to get sponsored by JVC, just like no. Studies. I think I think it's actually JCV instead of. J- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put the I didn't put the D at the end, so we can't be sued by Jean Claude Van Damme. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> or or, or um, GVC generic video camcorder. <laughs> There you go, GVC, perfect. Uh, and then you can have a whole like meta, like actual outside of the game sharing thing going on too, right? Where you you can export your videos to YouTube, yep. and and get hits on them, and, and and you know a particularly good ragdoll situation will. Uh, does that play back into the game? Do we then read the number of like views you get? <laughs> That that could be a cool mechanic um, for for like achievement hunters. You know, you have you have to actually get like for people at, going for the platinum, you have to actually get a million views on YouTube. Oh god! Well, I also like the idea of you know how a lot of those sort of roguelikes and stuff will have weekly or monthly challenges. Yeah, uh, something like that where you release a new scenario uh with different random events and different um routines that the people are taking every month and it's whoever can get the most views on YouTube for any video taken within that uh scenario. Yeah. And what I'm what I'm picturing is that we become really, really chummy with like the people from Rockstar and get access to the Euphoria engine. Um Oh know, definitely, yeah. So that we can we can get some awesome interactions happening that are kind of yeah, like physically based animations and stuff. But it's also somewhat random. Like, I don't know about about you, but like the way that um, Grand Theft Auto and and some of the some of the other Rockstar games just felt Red Dead and stuff. Yeah. So um, so real. Like there was actual conversations and stuff happening that you know sort of made sense. I, I like the idea of you know someone running down the street and and tripping over and and stuff that. Yeah, well, you know. that's the thing. Like with a physic, with a somewhat physically simulated world, that gives you the opportunity at any point to disrupt it, right? And, and that's where the fun's going to come in. Yeah, yeah. Because I know I don't know about you, but I've seen lots of awesome videos from Grand Theft Auto in which pedestrians do the funniest and stupidest things. That to build a whole game around that would actually be kind of awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. I like it. Three to one click. I like that a lot. Three to one click. Suspect or suspect. <laughs> vivisection. Vivisection. All right. We have a suspected vivisection. Okay. It's it's one of the it's one of these um sort of investigation games in which mm-hmm. you're you're like a hard boiled detective. Uh, she's been on the force for a long time. She um. The very start of the game in the prologue, you like are investigating the scene. You come out mm-hmm. with one suspect who who has performed these grisly murders, but okay. then that suspect is vivisected at the next crime, crime scene, and you know that you got it wrong. All right. So I don't think I realized this until I looked it up. Although it does make sense 
Vivisection is surgery conducted on a living organism. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm maybe one of these victims is still alive, but you can't. Like maybe maybe this maybe this person is vivisecting people and and like hooking them up to blood pumps and stuff. So they're still alive, even though their like abdomen is open to. How, how about it's a black market kidney ring that you're investigating? Yeah. Therefore, okay. vivisection and the people are still alive and um, yeah, except that. Um, these people actually say that they weren't drugged. They were, um, they were, they were sort of, um, you know, tied down to a table and then cut into while they were still. I was, alive. I was, I was literally going down the way of like having to, having to use this victim as a resource who is permanently like sliced open and you can see their organs. <laughs> oh God. Uh, like this is what this person is doing. They're like doing these these horrible experiments where it's like how how can we keep someone alive while still kind of taking as many of their organs outside of their body as possible and hooking them up with tubes and stuff. <laughs> okay, so each time that you, you get to one of these crime scenes you you see an organ that has been put there and it's like it's from it's from the victim of the first case. So you know the victim's well, still alive, but because- I'm saying he's uh, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Because I'm saying these victims are left alive. Yeah, they're um, left alive. It's just that, yeah. like each, they've taken each it all time- down and replaced it with uh, something that will keep them alive. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So you you and keep on turning up to these up. places, and it's like the only things that are left behind are like organs from all the previous victims. So he's just taking more of them, and the doctors basically say, "Yeah, these people are, were still alive when this was taken." Yeah. Okay. And it's still fresh. So, basically, a fetch quest, but for people's organs of all the previous. Right. You get to take the heart back to the first guy. It's like uh, I found this for you. I know that you're now pumped up, to, like hooked up to like a a pump, and 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 uh, you know, basically, a, you're a water cooled PC at the moment, but. <laughs> and I don't think we can put it back in, but uh, I thought you might want it for sentimental value. No? Oh, okay. God. Two to one click. I yeah. think that's gross enough for that game. Door. Amputation. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know where this w- random word generator is wanting to take me tonight. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Fucking dark. All right. So, door and amputation makes me think elevator. Makes you think what? Elevator. Elevator. Someone getting stuck. Their arm stuck in a door. In oh, the elevator I, door. I was going a little bit more mundane in the fact that, like- in, in this in this <laughs> sort of world, like doors are anthropomorphic, and so when when you need to um like fix get a door fixed, you know you call a a, a doorsman to come and amputate the door to to then fix it up and then reinstall a new one. <laughs> All right, well, okay. To take that slightly different, then rather than being anthropomorphic, maybe you just live in living in houses of living flesh. Oh, yep. <laughs> and so- Doors are like valves and, and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like heart. a limb almost. It's like a- or like a joint, you know, like a- 
a muscle or something. Well, maybe you play like a handyman, but in this world, a handyman basically has to be a surgeon. Yep. As well as a handyman. Like, they also have to- Okay, so you get called out to um, these sentient houses in which um, there's been, like, domestic disputes and that sort of stuff. So, you've got to actually, you know, patch up um, any holes that were left from from fights and- (laughs) And when, you know, doors yeah, okay. get slammed and all this sort of stuff, like- There's bruising on the doors. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I like, <laughs> I like the idea that, yeah, you're, you have to come into this house. Not only do you have to fix what's wrong, but maybe you're having to do some sort of investigation. Yep. But you're basically like diagnosing this house. Yep. It's like, where does it hurt? Well, my kitchen door feels a bit tender. Okay, so you go and have a look and you see a knife sticking out of it. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's just like sort of slowly ble- it's scabbed over a bit. And it's like, okay, well, I'll- I can fix that up. And you put a Band-Aid on it. Um, <laughs> uh, is there a- is there anything else? It's like, well, I've got a bit of a headache. And you know, you know that that means like the nervous system, which is basically like the home automation. <laughs> and so you have to like- I don't know. I don't know. I, I reckon a do headache- Do a brain scan. Do a scan. A headache is more like attic. So, you go up to the attic and- Oh, okay. It's more- You're actually- Yeah, the full- yep. Like the actual physical- um, Stomach ache is, is like- The kitchen. Um, kitchen. I know. Ass problems are basements. Um- <laughs> Toilets are just literal kidneys. Like, you're just- Yeah. You're flushing just out, flushing into out the, the poisons. The kidney. That um, makes sense. The flush- Yeah. The living room, which is like the that's like the breathing center the of the of lungs, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. And be- bedrooms, I'm I'm thinking are like um, genitals. <laughs> I, I was thinking more along the <laughs> along the lines of like a pancreas or a liver or something like yeah. that, but um, they're just random organs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm pi- actually no, I'm picturing that the bar um, is like the liver. You know, filtering out- every ha- every house has a bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the liquor cabinet, yeah. All right. So, I like I like where we're going with the sentient living houses. Yep. The diagnosing them. So, is it just sort of you- Yeah, you, you come into this house, you have to take the statement from the house. <laughs> how do you talk to it? Does it have a face or is it just like, does it have some sort of communication? Like, how- How- flesh-like are these houses? Is it just that this is the future and true sort of home intelligent houses meant that we just actually started growing them and breeding them to be sentient living flesh beings? Uh, but do they still sort of seem like houses inside or is it yeah. literal just yeah, like- Yeah, I think, I think they're, um, they're definitely like a, a living, breathing entity mm-hmm. that communicate through- through either some sort of te- technology or um, I'm just sort of thinking that your handyman sort of, like, gets a call on his mobile phone and it's just the house that's actually- It's the house. They're communicating <laughs> directly to him uh, via, like, Bluetooth <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then when when he goes to each of these places to, to do things, you know, the investigation I'm thinking is, like, an over-the-shoulder sort of- Sort of view. So he's sort of going in. He's got like a couple of different sprays that he can, he can spray on houses to, or on parts to numb it. Um, yep. And, you know, you can have conversations with, 
with the house as you're doing as you're doing things. Um, I think at the end of the first act, you've got like this this scene where like one of the houses that you saved early on burns down, and then okay. you've you're sort of I think that's when it kicks into gear that you know these houses, you know you're bawling bowling your eyes out because you've really come yeah. to love these houses. You've created. So uh, let, let's make, let's get something clear. Are these houses human intelligence or are they more like pets um, that can communicate and talk to a certain like level? But I think most people think that they're, um, that they're just, they're like pets, but the handyman, yeah. um, he knows for a fact that they are, they are incredibly sentient and, you know, he's basically like the house whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the house whisperer. Perfect. Uh, that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling it would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. Because just like someone who does work with, with animals in the real world, they often get that real affinity for them and, and sort of realize certain things about, you know, the way they think. And, and then there's maybe a lot more going on there than most people think. So- yeah, uh, that's that's cool. I, I, that's cool. I, I think um, there's a there's a big conspiracy in that people. I, I almost think that people don't realize that houses are actually sentient, uh, even alive. Yeah, it's- yeah. I like that 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 this that the government or this particular company who's who's produced these things has put them out there as like smart homes, right? Yep. Home automation. They. You know, they, they, uh, predict your needs. They turn their lights on and off when you, when you needed, but people just think it's electronics. Whereas, you know, and maybe you, maybe you work for the company because you're, uh, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to hide the fact that no, actually they are beings that the reason they can turn lights on and off is because they have eyes in every room. Um, and I like the idea then that there are literal eyes. Okay, like you have to. It's like, oh, where's the where's the living room eyes? I, I kind of like the idea that you've got like this these set of goggles on that you can flick down like a different filter, and you actually see mm-hmm. like the um blood blood flow and yeah, you see the blood flow. You see you see like the actual damaged parts. Like yeah. So if you flick it down, it's like it's almost a living, breathing house that you see the walls mm-hmm. breathing and moving slightly. But if you flick it back up, it just looks, looks like a normal. It room. just looks like a house. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of, I kind of <laughs> like the idea that that these are actually um, extra dimensional beings. Oh yeah, I was thinking they were just some somewhat like genetically engineered or something. But yeah, but I think I think the other the other like the living, breathing part of them lives in another dimension. So has this company like harnessed their consciousness or something? Yeah, I, I think the way that they build new houses is they um, do some in vitro fertilization of these houses, and you know, I, I think you can you can see that there's sort of like a sinister plot that's actually going on. Like, yeah, you know for a fact that they're that they're sentient, and you you have always thought that you know these these houses actually want to want to have people living in them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I'm not sure about the extra dimensional thing because I kind of like the idea that it's just that this company has bred these creatures. I at least like the but idea, it, but that is, you, you but can is see treating the them horribly. Filters. Like it looks like a normal house, but if you flick down the filter, then. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. But that can always, that can just be tech. That can just be you know, it, it's almost like an X-ray. Yeah. 
um, or an MRI or something, like you're seeing, or, or it's like a, you know, it's a Doppler scan to see the, the, the blood flow direction and that sort of thing. And we can even use that sort of imagery of an MRI or of an ultrasound or something where, you know, when you're looking in a certain direction, yeah, you can see the blood pumping down that direction and that can be clues, right? That can, that gives you a sense of how the, how the house fits together almost. It's like, yeah, oh, this how door's much stuck. And, and well, yeah, like this door's stuck. And-, and, and, and so you put your filter down and you follow it back and you realize, oh, this artery is like, you know, uh, has been nicked and is bleeding internally. And that's why this automatic door won't open anymore. <laughs> yep. I do like the idea of having, having like the, the house that you, that you sort of first fix, um, burning down through like, yeah. um, through like the, the owner occupies like ne- negligence or something. Yeah. 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 Cause you can keep, you can keep the story going then, right? Like maybe you keep in contact with that first house, right? Like, I, I don't know. I guess is the story that this handyman slash doctor is, um, is finding this out? Like is the story is, is he finding it out across the course of the game or do you come into it knowing that? And it's, it's more uncovering uh, the the conspiracy or just well, I guess it's not a, like if I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, when you start the game, are you you know that they're sentient, obviously, because that's your yep. job, which means you're probably you're working for the company, but up to this point, you've been complicit in keeping it a secret. And I don't, I think that you don't know where houses come from. And I think that's something okay. that you find out throughout the day that basically okay, it's, yeah. it's sort of like this, um, you actually find like a pregnant house and you go, what the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> yes. and it's, it's just that whole, that whole thing. Wait, of, uh, do they give live birth or do they lay eggs? Um, I, I think. Cause I kind of like the idea they're of. They're pregnant with eggs, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so they get, yeah, they, they, they gestated an egg inside them up to a certain point and then they lay the egg and, and that continues to, to gestate in there until it, it breaks out. And then it, so. And it turns, at first it's a granny flat. <laughs> well, first it's like a kid's cubby house. Yep. And then a bungalow, then a granny flat. Yep. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to think then how do they like hide this from the public? Because if someone wants a house, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm think. I guess I've sort of the image I had was they put up a big scaffold around it, right? Like yep. a big box, or a, you know. And so everyone oh. just thinks they're building they're building the house in there. But what yeah. it actually is is they're ra- is they're now hatching that house and feeding it and and like it has to and actually hook into actually manipulating it. To build within within like the wood frame and that sort of stuff. Oh god, yeah. Okay. So it like grows around it. So it's so it's basically you come across like a house in the wild, and it doesn't have like the um, it doesn't have like all the the structure, the structure or or any internal vacant spaces yeah. or anything like that. It's basically a, oh, a huge em- en- enormous being, but basically <laughs> that's horrifying. The, the modifications that this bi- <laughs> that this building place has been doing has has completely perverted this um this living what the creature. creature was. Yeah. Although I do think that they were genetically engineered for this purpose. Yeah, but it's just that but they're now that with yeah like it's sort of this symbiotic evolved. Yeah. 
it's a symbiotic thing where to yeah to create the house it's like okay well we need this this creature that that can uh, be flexible around and, and grow around this this you know the frames and stuff but yeah when when they grow and they don't have the frame then then they're actually a living creature that can kind of they can actually survive on its own they can actually move like you know the stumps yeah. underneath the house and all that sort of stuff like Are basically locking it in place oh my god can you <laughs> Can you imagine the reveal in this game when you first see like a half-grown house and realize that yeah, like that basically these this is the equivalent of some person uh, for their entire life being like having their feet engulfed in concrete and <laughs> and like a wooden a wooden box. Yeah, having it's- having to grow around slowly around a, a wooden box. <laughs> I mean, that's disgusting. It, this episode's the worst. I know. <laughs> it's body horror. <laughs> oh. I, I didn't come into this expecting expecting to go in this sort of direction. But no, no, it just kind of happened. Um, that's that's the thing about random word generators that it'll just mm-hmm. take us wherever wherever the words take us is where we'll go. That's where we go. We have no choice. I, I think that this could be a really powerful message and have sort of like parallels to, to stuff that happens that is, you know, horrible today, basically. You know, humans yeah. capitalizing off of off of a Yes, a off of living beings, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right. We can't end on that one, though, so. No, definitely not. Three, two, one, click. Something a bit, um, a bit less- Horrific road cooperation. Road cooperation. All right. So the first image I got, and we don't have to go this direction, but what I thought of was so we, I recently watched Lego Movie Two. Good movie, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah, it was quite good. And the uh, one one thing that sticks out about those movies is how cool it is when the master builders like throw stuff together uh, on the move. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of picturing a game where a racing game where you can kind of merge and split cars or something like there's some sort of cooperative aspect there where you can turn one car into a bigger, more powerful car. Okay. Yep. By by yeah by by like taking them apart and joining them quickly or okay I'm I'm yeah. picturing that these cars are split down the middle. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, in which direction? Uh, vertical. As in, so uh, d- down like Herbie the Love Bug style. Uh, I was thinking more the Australian film Malcolm. Have you ever seen that? No, no. Okay. So wait. So you're thinking lengthwise, like yes, right, left right wheels down, on one right side, right down the middle, right, right yeah. through the front of front, all the way through to the boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you can mix and match them on the run. Is that? Well, I'm I'm thinking that as you said, like it's a cooperative. Sort of, it's a cooperative slash competitive racing game mm-hmm. in that you start out as like these motorcycle looking things that oh, can actually okay. merge on so the road. So you just got two road. wheels, yep. yep. Um, basically, I'm, I'm seeing that it's two wheels and, and you're sort of, you're in the middle, you're sort of able to keep it, um, keep it sort of going when you actually merge into, into a group with, with someone else. Yep. Depending on what side you merge depends on what's, uh, who actually takes over the driving. Oh, oh, so you're not each controlling the left or the right wheels? No, I, I think <laughs> what actually happens at this stage, you can sort of, um, you both have to, have to click merge 
and then yep. you'll merge. The person on the left is the gunner, and the person yep. on the right is the driver. Nice. Yeah, so, because what I was thinking is that you could have, like, not only do they merge, but depending on maybe what power, like, like what tools you've got or what you've picked up, they get something in between, right? Yep. Um, which sort of completes the vehicle, the now four-wheeled vehicle. Yeah, that like there's something in the middle there, whether it's, um, yeah, like a machine gun turret or a fucking combine harvester section that you can like run people over with or, uh, you know, some sort of other cannon-based thing or uh, something that drops mines. Like, it's basically your weaponry then is the sort of centerpiece. Yep. And yeah, one person takes over the, the control of that and one person takes over the driving. That's really cool. What what I like is that it's an every man for himself, but the people who, who sort of go together early on to then, you know, fire off and, and sort of tr- try and destroy everyone else, they're yeah. just thinning down the herd so that the race yeah. is now just between them and the other person. Yeah, well, I wonder- So, you could go- Because you could go a few ways with this. You could keep it just pure cooperative- where you could have two or f- two to four players who all start off just as these motorcycle things and uh, and you're basically having to go along a track where there's a lot of hazards other gun other other things shooting at you mm-hmm. um people getting things getting in your way and you pick up you know the the sort of toolboxes or whatever like the the that could that give you certain weapons and it's like all right I'm going to merge with such and such. And you said that both people have to agree. I'm almost thinking you kind of aim it, fire, like it highlights someone if they're close enough. And if you fire it out, you just merge. <laughs> uh, um, and and then they have to kind of react to that. And if they didn't want to merge, well, that's sort of how the game goes, right? It's one of those co-op games where- you know, you start arguing about things, um, and and but you can't detach until you either like, like maybe I think they've got a limited use, like whether it's you run out of bullets or they get destroyed or something. Yep. Um, you could you could certainly have a competitive mode as well, but to me it feels more like a. I, I'm just imagining these like yeah two between two and four people like racing around the whole time, and then it's like oh this one's hooked up over here because they got some weapons, and now this person's controlling, this person's gunning. And just switch, switch and swapping the whole t- the whole way through. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of definitely having a, a competitive part of it. Like maybe mm. it's a separate sort of thing, like a deathmatch sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. I like the idea of being able to like create these alliances between these people, but then having a, a four player co op sort of game as well that you're literally playing through like a sort of like a a uh, like a campaign of. You know, you're, you're driving across America or whatever, and you, you're sort of having to um, got these four four motorbike like machines that you can merge together to take out all these other enemies that are on the road, and and you're basically going through the campaign together, being able to sort of form like a super machine of all four um, to try and beat the boss, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I <laughs> that's a really fun mechanic that I could see working quite well. Yeah. The the cool thing I like about the the competitive version though is you can see basically people in the lobby before each sort of thing can can sort of go look if we if we both team up together I reckon you're a great shot I'm I'm pretty good you know you can sort of see some alliances forming and and people sort of yeah. take out other people 
I mean, I guess it depends on do do you start with, you know, a weapon that you're able to merge right away with, or is it a matter of, is it more on the fly of, you know, almost a Mario Kart-esque kind of, there's there's just the, the toolboxes around. It's like, oh, I got one. I'm going to, you know, merge with this person. And, we, you know, we, we're going to, that's basically a, an implied alliance because you can't attack each other while you're merged. Yep. Um, but you can and take comes down to, out. But now it's like, who are we going to take out? And then, yeah, like we separate and it's like, oh shit, now we're, now we're enemies again, right? Um, but yeah, it could be that you start with something. And so you've got that kind of initial flurry of like, who is, who is allying with who to kind of thin the herd, as you said. Yep. That is cool. I really, I really like fucking like that mechanic. That's one of that's one of those ones where it's like I want to build that. That would be cool. What sort of view, what kind of view are you thinking? Are you thinking this is a a multiplayer where everyone's on their own screen, or like because the, for the two to four player, I feel like that could actually work pretty well as a as a um, single screen co op. Yeah, I'm sort of saying top down sort of works. <laughs> yeah, like- yeah, like where you zoomed out a bit more so you can see all four on the screen at once. Yeah, um, and it's almost a shmup then, but. But you're racing and you're able to do these merge- merges and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely top down. I know there's just something something about it. Like playing the co- co- uh, the competitive thing is an online sort of part of it. Yeah, that feels a bit more like a- It's still like a single a screen, but it's still of- over the top. But um, you mm. can see sort of like some of the other people around and- Yeah, exactly. Like a Rocket League kind of view, I, I feel like. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, like a bit closer then in that view- but um, a little bit more high still- and, and more vertical. Um, okay, yeah, because I don't necessarily want to see everything that's around. Yeah, okay, yep, that's fair. Oh, I I really like that game as well. That's that's really good. I think that's probably a good one to end on then. And no body horror. Anyway, I think we will end it on that one. So we would like to thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, the best place to go is podchaser.com slash BitStorm. All of our social medias and our YouTube and a different, you know, bunch of different things are up there. So check that out. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective. This is a network of like-minded podcasts for both gaming and, and other subjects. And uh, you can find us there at 8bit.net slash BitStorm. Check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Twitter, at AGP Network, or search for the hashtag AGPN, or even check them, check them out on Facebook, where you just search for the group Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They, again, are a group of like-minded individuals that have no real affiliation other than the fact that they just want to help each other. All Australian, Australasian, I should say. Australia and New Zealand podcasts coming together just to help people out. We'd also like to thank Kuridas for the um for the use of the song Mount Defiance from the album Containment Failure. Coming up, I realised on its ten year anniversary at the start of next year. Shit. Uh, <laughs> so yes, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. And I'm Trevor Scott. Oh my god, Ben. Soylent Green is houses.